your Locked On Wild. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Wild. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, everybody. Welcome to a crossover, division crossover episode of Locked On Avalanche and Locked On Wild. So he is Seth Am I pronouncing your last name right? Seth Tupal? Close. It's Topal. Topal. Oh, I had the wrong emphasis on the wrong syllable. So It's all good, man. All right. People butcher mine, too. So we're in the same boat there. So uh, he's from Locked On Wild, and I am Christmas Elliott with Locked On Avalanche. And we are doing division crossovers pretty much right up until the season starts. So uh, for me and for you, actually, Seth, we both did one with Robin from Locked On Arizona Coyotes. And this is the first crossover that we have done uh, part with, like, since we've both been a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. So uh, rivals on the ice, but uh, we're, we're friendly <laughs> off the ice. Are we yeah, not? foes on the ice, <laughs> friends off the ice. Yes, yes. So, uh, yeah, so we're going to get into uh, some avalanche talk and obviously some Minnesota wild talk. And then... Uh, how we think these two teams are going to fare against each other and for the season. So uh, for me, follow the show on Twitter, LOPN underscore Avalanche on Instagram. It's Locked on Avalanche and questions, comments, concerns, opinions to Locked on Avalanche at gmail.com. And you can follow the show on YouTube as well. Just search Locked on Avalanche there. For Seth, your show can be found where? Uh, you can follow Locked on Wilds at Locked on Wilds, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube is on the way soon. And you can also follow me at Seth Topes, as you see on the screen for wild thoughts, other sports takes, Game of Thrones, live tweeting, whatever you want. Uh, I, I got you covered. Pretty much a full bag. Does this hurt that you're under a locked on avalanche graphic right now? Or are you, I am. <laughs> you okay uh, if I've learned, if I learned anything from my game of Thrones ventures is that you have to be perfectly comfortable in enemy territory. So <laughs> I am, uh, I am perfectly fine. All right. We had a nice little quick chat on game of Thrones uh, beforehand, but we won't, we, we won't become locked on game of Thrones. Yeah. So, we don't need, uh, we don't yeah. need to, uh, we don't need to gloss yeah. over it. No, no, no. So, uh, <laughs> all right. We're, we're, do you, do you want to do some avalanche stuff first? Do you want to talk some wild stuff first? How, how do we, how do, which, what do you feel like doing, sir? I'll throw it to your court. We could, since I am the road team in this venture, we could oh, start like with, uh, with avalanche talk okay. uh, and move to the wild because I do have right. some, uh, I've got some burning avalanche questions that, uh, that I have for you. And is this, is this, this is like, you have your finger on the pulse of the Minnesota Wild, so they want to know what they're in store for when it comes to the Avalanche. For this yes. Season. Okay. And, and I'm obviously first spot I'll go is a former member of the Minnesota Wild, now between the pipes uh, for the Avalanche, that being Darcy Kemper, uh, after being traded from the Coyotes to the Avalanche. So Chris, hmm. going from Grubauer to Darcy Kemper. Uh, what do you expect to see in terms of differences? Do you expect there to be a little bit of a step down between the two, or is Kemper going to be able to uh, to keep that net as clean as Grubauer did? Yeah, that is that is a burning question. Um, and if you ask Avalanche fans, Avalanche fans are, are like everything for the regular season should be you know sunshine and rainbows, and it won't be a problem, and we'll we'll overcome the loss of Grubauer. They're comfortable. 
even though he hasn't played a second of, of, you know, Kemper being the replacement, um, you know, I think it's going to be like any other new player in a new, new town. There might be a little bit of growing pains, maybe less so because it's the goalie position. Um, but I think overall, I, I think, I don't think they're going to miss a beat. I think they're happy with, with uh, what they were able to get. I don't think they're happy about what they had to give up. Uh, you always like having those first round picks and, you know, Arizona, you look at them now. It's like, do you, can we have it back? You, you have so many. Like, do you, do you really need it? Um, but no, you, you you have to play that game. You know, when when you're a team that is expected to go far, even though they've been eliminated in the second round the past handful of seasons, you have to do things like that because if everything pans out, you know, your your first round pick is a very late first round pick. Hopefully, one of the last two in the first round. And yeah, next year's draft is going to be a deep draft, so you are missing a uh, going to miss out on a potential. I don't want to say star. You're not. You can't guarantee a star that late in in the first round pick, but a productive player. But the Avalanche have stockpiled so many prospects over the past few years. It, it's a it's a risk that they are they were easily willing to take, and they needed to shore up that position. Let's get real. You can't play the game of. Well, our offense is so dynamic and so good, and our defense is so good. We can put a, a so-so goalie in there, and we'll be okay. They're not going to play that game. They needed to to get a a, a I don't want to just say a name because he is he's a name, but he he's a an a goalie, um, and they needed him. So I think Avalanche fans are happy. I think they're expecting him to produce as well if not better than than Grubauer did because Grubauer his season last season was really his only good year with the Avalanche and I'm not trying to say that because now he's gone and I can like rag on him or anything <laughs> like that I wanted him back but um he did what you had to do in a contract season and he and he cashed in on it and uh I I think Kemper is is, is going to to perform as well. I can't say better yet, but I think he can perform as well, definitely. Okay. Um, yeah. The other route I kind of wanted to go with this, obviously with a team like Colorado, salary cap becomes an issue. So there are depth players that get more money elsewhere. They leave. Um, that was certainly the case again here this offseason. Which of those players that the Avalanche lost, maybe not necessarily the most notable, but which one do you think is going to have – their loss felt the most this season? Um, I will give you two, and for two different reasons. Um, definitely on the ice, Brandon Saad. Uh, he was he was perfect. And, you know, the Avalanche didn't do that well. Let's get real. Once, you know, the, the postseason came around, they started off well, swept St. Louis, won the first two against Vegas, and then, you know, fell off a cliff. Uh, but he was the only guy that you could really say had a good postseason for the avalanche in, in totality. Um, and he, you know, he is a guy that took him a little while to get going. When you look at his numbers, he was, people were kind of questioning, like, can he really hang with this team in terms of the speed? He just needed to get comfortable. And, and once he did, he was a solid player. Uh, once, once he found that comfort level on the second line, that's what they got him for, for, for that, for, you know, second line production. And he was, picture perfect uh and then yeah he, he produced in the playoffs too 
losing him on the ice hurts. Um, and because your, your replacement for him is still up in the air right now. Uh, yeah, you, you might, it might be, I'm throwing out and I'm thinking it's going to be Alex Newhook, who's a prospect who, who's not, who's unproven all the talent in the world and has high hopes for him, but he's kind of getting thrown into the fire. If that's the route they go for him being on the second line. And then another guy that they lost that wasn't like amazing production wise on the ice, but you know, in the locker room and that's uh, Pierre Edward Belmar and they could have brought him back. I mean, I think he went to Tampa for a million, a million and a half, like not that much. Not, wow. I think he was making about that um, with the abs and they could have brought him back for that clearly, but he's 36 turning 37 and the avalanche like to stay young. So I think that was the the turning point for them is they didn't want to have him during that year when, you know, the age creeps up on you and the production drops off like unannounced. Not that he was, you know, scoring, you know, 50 points a season or anything. Right. But um, but he like just a fun loving guy keeps everybody loose. So, yeah, like you lose Saad for the production on the ice and then you lose Belmar for the camaraderie. And those are two big guys that you're going without going into this season. Yeah, that uh, that is it's a great answer to that question. And those mm. those are the main two that I had, because, you know, from my perspective, that those seem like the biggest kind of questions heading into the season. Obviously, the goaltending and then, you know, some of those players that were lost from this Avs team. As we'll talk about at the end of the show today, kind of expectations are, I would assume, still that the Avalanche are going to be near the top, if not the top, of the Central Division. So it's, you know. Yeah. I mean, and and yeah, you can can be comfortable in saying that, but still be like, there's questions, you know, and and, uh, a big one is the depth. And I keep, you know, everybody is saying this now, like when you're looking back on it and you're looking back at the roster that they had last year, you're like, damn, that was a missed opportunity. They were loaded. They were, they, everything was in line for them to make a, a strong push. And then, you know, once the Nazem Kadri hit went down, that was it. So um, now they, they, they have, and at the trade deadline, Joe Sackick said, uh, this is the deepest team we're going to have. And it's like he knew how this offseason was going to go. And he was 100% right. They're not as deep as last year. Um, but they it, it all depends on some of these guys that they got, uh, like Ryan Murray. Like If they can turn it around, um, then, yeah, we can say, like, okay, well, the guys that they lost, yeah, it sucks they lost him, but the guys that he brought in uh, have, have, you know, have a new life or something. And, and, and you know, they are – a deep team again, but it is a question mark right now. They have so many young guys that they're going to rely on this year um, that are just unproven. So we, we shall see. Yeah. I don't know. So, um, all right, let's hear from a couple of our sponsors and then we'll get into some Minnesota wild talk. So uh, first we're going to hear from RockAuto.com, and with the ever increasing number of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts that you need. So save time and money when using Rock Auto and RockAuto.com. So why choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts from the chain stores or car dealerships? Rock Auto is a family-run business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. 
Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, motor oil, and even new carpet. So go explore their easy-to-use website and find the solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in the how did you hear about us section so they know that we sent you to them. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. It's rockauto.com. Also, direct TV stream, get your TV together. And I want to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment that you love without the hassle. It's direct TV stream. It brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, which means you can watch your favorite sports, movies, Game of Thrones, if you want, and all those shows in one place. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So stop waiting and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. And you can learn more right now at directtv.com. Once again, that website is directtv.com. All right, Minnesota Wild, sir. Uh, interesting offseason, which is still ongoing for them. Uh, I kind of want to back up a little bit and go to last year. And going into that season, the, all the talk was. Uh, who's going to fight for the fourth spot, you know, with Vegas, Colorado, St. Louis, one, two, three, who's going to be that fourth team. Minnesota was obviously in that discussion. They ended up being the third team and were pushing at points to be in that one, two slot. They had a solid season. Was that a surprise to, to people that they did as well as they did? I think so. I think it's came down to a couple of different factors in that, we didn't really know what we were going to get from Kirill Kaprizov going into the year. The hope was that he was going to come in ahead of schedule with the amount of time that he spent overseas and that he was going to be able to immediately help this offense. We didn't anticipate that he would be like Calder Trophy winner uh, and just basically be the number one option on offense already. So that was a huge plus. We also got some really nice production from the likes of Jewel Erickson Eck, Kevin Fiala, again, had a very solid season. And the Wild definitely showed that in the West Division, they were better than the likes of Anaheim, San Jose, the LA Kings. And um, they they beat those guys regularly, and Arizona as well. Um, beat those guys regularly. And they showed that they can go toe-to-toe against those other top teams. In the division, like you said, finished in third. Um, my question and kind of my concern is that I think at least a portion of those numbers was simply due to playing those teams so many times. Okay. I mean, we did we did see the Wild play very evenly with uh, with Vegas struggled mightily against St. Louis all season. And by all accounts, St. Louis had a very mediocre season for them. Um, went toe-to-toe with, uh, with the Avalanche, won some, but, uh, but lost plenty as well. And so, yes, it is important to acknowledge that the Wild did have a very successful season because they did. Mm-hmm. But a lot of that came from winning the games on the schedule they were supposed to win. When it when the dust settled from the initial portion of the start of the season and you saw, okay, these bottom four teams are really not that good, um, then the goal of those nights simply became to just win those games because you have to. Um, So 
I would anticipate kind of moving into next year to, to answer this question too. I would anticipate that there will be a little bit of a step down from what we saw just because of the level of competitiveness that we'll You're see playing everybody now. playing everyone. Right. And so I don't want people to be like, well, what happened? Like they were really good last year. And now this year they're not as good. Little different circumstances last year. And now this year we have the full schedule in front of us. And so this will be the real true test as to what this wild core, uh, where they kind of sit. I still think for all accounts and purposes, they will be one of those uh, top four or five in the central, but uh, I guess we'll just have to see. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, that obviously leads to the off season and, and you mentioned Kaprizov and that's the, that's the sticking point right now. What's, what are you hearing? Is there any, is there anything happening where this could get done and can they just hold off on doing it for like the next eight months or so so we don't have to see him four times <laughs> so it's been uh it's been a wild ride pun intended with this yeah. uh this contract extension we've had the reports that he's going to hold out go to the khl uh huge thank you to the khl for helping themselves dismiss those uh those notions was that just like bs was he just trying to call a bluff there that was uh, that was from what I have gathered. That was his agents really trying to uh, to blow some smoke. Wow! And you know it's probably not a legitimate claim when the KHL themselves is like, he's not coming here. <laughs> like it's like you're supposed to play the role, man. Like <laughs> you as you as the agent, like scrolling through your phone and you see that, and you're like, oh, that's <laughs> that's not going to help. Um, wow. It's, it's dragged on a very long time. And from what I have kind of put together from experts, you know, like Michael Russo has been plugged in on the whole thing from start to, to where we're at now comments that Bill Guerin has made, uh, insisting that it continues to get closer and closer. Uh, I think now that the KHL option has been effectively squashed that, they're going to realize at some point this is the only play and whether it be right before training camp um, or, you know, within the next couple of weeks here, I do think that a deal will end up getting done. And uh, I think it'll be of the longer year variety as opposed to like a two or a three year deal. Uh, I think it'll be closer to five. And so, that is super, uh, super refreshing to hear because uh, it turns out those buyouts are going to be pretty pricey mm-hmm. here within the next three or four years. And so if we can keep Caprizov off on the books past that, smooth sailing. What's the, what's the hang up? Is it term? Is it dollar amounts? Is it both? I think it's I think it's just how to make the money work with those buyouts. I think they're having to get a little creative, especially in years three and four as to uh, to how to make that work while also maximizing the um, the money that the team has to make some moves and try to be a little more competitive. So maybe it's something that's a little more front-loaded. Maybe it's a little more back-loaded. Um, I think it's more so that the deal itself has been agreed to. It's just the fine print that is still getting ironed out at this point. Okay. And then, you know, some other big moves that they made with the, the two big buyouts of um, 
I got Kaprizov on the mind, and I'm, I'm blanking on who, who it Zach is. Zach Parisian, Ryan Suter. There you go. Thank you. Um, I mean, that seemed to come out of left field, at least from the rest of of the the you know onlooking NHL public. Was that even a surprise in Minnesota land? Did anybody see that coming? So, yes and no. I think I think we looked at the Zach Parisi situation as that that was going to be the best outcome for him in that he wanted more of a role on this team. We didn't really have that to give him. And so as opposed to trying to go through the trade market, and Bill Guerin said as much uh, once the buyouts happened, as opposed to trying to go through the trade market and figure out what you get in terms of compensation, the buyout just seemed the most likely option there. Um, Just gave him an opportunity for the refresh and allow the Wild to, you know, not have to worry about the the salary re, uh, cap recapture if he were to retire before his original deal was done. So, yes, it became a, uh, a large headache to have to do it for both players. I was completely blindsided by the, uh, the Ryan Suter buyout. And mm-hmm. I think the rest of the NFL kind of showed us just how much of an opinion people have still of Ryan Suter in that he signed with Dallas almost instantly once free agency opens, and it was for a three-year deal. And so the Stars think that he still has a ton left in the tank, and he, he, I'm sure he does. He looked good at points this past season, and there were a lot of people, myself included, who were getting ready to pencil him into next year's lineup. Um, at the end of the day, it just I think Bill Guerin just wanted to have the peace of mind that there wasn't going to be anything unintended. Whereas let's say you're trying to do a contract extension for Kevin Fiala and Kirill Kaprizov. All of a sudden, Parisi and Suter both retire and then you don't have the money to do it. That I think it got to the point where he would, would rather take the hit, but know that the hit was coming as opposed to hope that those two guys could get to the end of those deals and that it wouldn't cause any more problems and then have that backfire and have you really have to deal with some some uh, bad circumstances uh, in that scenario. And, you know, from the reports, I think Parise understood it and Suter was not happy about it. And like you said, a uh, couple days in free agency, he signs, uh, not ironically, with a division team. Um, and yeah, like you said... Dallas thinks that he he does have something left in the tank, and when a guy is let go like that, and and he deliberately signs with a division uh, rival, he's going to find something left in the tank. Yep. and I think he, you know, he's going to see a little bit of extra oomph when those two teams play. Well, and he would join a long list of former Wild players who have successful post Wild careers against their former team. There's like thirty yeah. players that just. Brent Burns is still scoring against the Wild. Mm. So he, he can and, certainly get in line. <laughs> and Parise hasn't signed with anybody, right? I don't I, think he's... I don't believe he has officially no, signed, but um, Michael Russo also kind of plugged in there as well, saying that um, it's pretty much a done deal that he's going to the Islanders. They just have not oh, okay. officially filed the contract yet, but that should happen um, relatively soon here. Relatively. He, was, right. he was participating in... Uh, the beauty league here in uh, in Minnesota, so getting a little bit of kind of summer league hockey action, and so now gotcha. that that is done, I would imagine that'll be taken care of here relatively soon. 
All right. And finally, give us some guys that are kind of maybe either under the radar or are primed to have a, a breakout year because they have some some good young players. Are any of those guys uh, expected to kind of break up, much like some of these Avalanche prospects are, are expecting a bigger role? So all eyes this year are going to be on Marco Rossi and right. Matt Boldy. Rossi, obviously, the... I'm calling him the one center in waiting. Um, and there are a lot of people that are hoping that he can get to that level. Now, obviously, trying to get his legs back under him after a uh, pretty scary bout with COVID-19. But by all accounts, he's getting closer and closer and closer to back to where he was before COVID. So whether or not he starts with the Wilds or starts the season in Iowa or at some other um, some other destination... By all accounts, he will be with the Wild by the time the season is done, and then after that, he is going to be a fixture on this lineup um, for the rest of his time in Minnesota. And with the center position being a little bit lean for the Wild, that is desperately needed. So if he if he's able to come in and produce at what he's expected to, the hope is that we're not going to be upset that we did not try to uh, more aggressively go for Jack Eichel, that uh, Rossi will take some of that pressure off. And then Matt Boldy, another guy who looked ready to roll at the end of the season in, uh, in Iowa, in the AHL last year, if he can hop up and take a roster spot, he should be uh, a, a very good prospect to watch as well. Uh, beyond that, uh, those I think are the two most NHL-ready players that we've got. I mean, Kalen Addison on defense could certainly get some playing time here. Although with uh, a couple of the signings that the Wild made on defense uh, recently, Jordy Ben being the most notable, there's I don't think there's as much pressure on him to uh, to force his way into the Wild lineup for now. So Boldy, Rossi, Addison, probably the three most notable names. Uh, after that, I think those guys are probably at least a year away uh, from seeing any time up in Minnesota. Okay. But, yeah, I mean, the, the future is looking good. It is. You know, you're competitive now and, you know, only good things to come from Minnesota, basically. Yeah. All right. Up and up. All right. So uh, let's take uh, one more break with some of our sponsors, and then we'll get into uh, where we think these two teams are going to go head-to-head next year so first we're going to hear from built bar you know built bar it's the greatest tasting protein bar on the market and they have so many delicious flavors there's something for everybody and when you talk to a built bar fan they all have their favorites you have you have a favorite seth uh you know i can't go with anything other than raspberry like i i've tried uh, i've tried a handful of them but raspberry every time i circle back it's just it's my favorite by far and the thing is like i'm not a big raspberry fan but and I'm, you know, I'm sure people are like, oh, just because they're a sponsor. The <laughs> raspberry flavored Built Bar is, is delicious. Very it's good. fantastic. Uh, so if you haven't tried any of these flavors, you can get a mixed box where you can get two of each of nine flavors. And not only are Built Bar flavors the best tasting, but they are healthy. They have 17 to 18 grams of protein. Calories range from 130 to 180. Four to five grams of sugar, four to five grams of net carbs. Amazing flavors, all tasty and all healthy. Go to BuiltBar.com right now. Use the promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off of your order. And once again, that promo code is LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. 
Also brought to you by betonline.ag, and it is football season, sir. Uh, and yeah, if you want to get in on the action, betonline.ag is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL survivor contest open now at BetOnline. Be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo, which is you make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th season opener between the Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when signing up and using the promo code NFL 100. So from football, basketball, boxing, obviously hockey, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait and take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. And if you sign up today, you'll get a 100% welcome bonus with the promo code locked on. Okay, so obviously because we finally have a full 82-game schedule, uh, these two teams are going head-to-head four times. Um, uh, and actually, the very first exhibition game is between, <laughs> between uh, yeah, so the first time we see hockey back in action, it's Avalanche versus Wild, so there we go. Um, but the, the season is kind of spread out over the yeah. course of the entirety of the year. The first two games are in – Colorado, and then the second two games are in Minnesota. So the first game they play is October, first month of the season, October 30th. Uh, Like I said, that is in Denver. And then I don't think they play until, where is it here? Uh, January 17th, again in Denver. Uh, Not much of anything going on at all because of uh, the Olympics in February. But then March 27th, that one is that's a Sunday that is in Minnesota. And then about a month after that in April 29th, that's a Friday. And again, in Minnesota. So um, and for the Avalanche, that that last game is the second of a back to back home against Nashville. And then they go to Minnesota. So uh, when it's all said and done, these two teams, you know, it doesn't matter where they are in the standings. Uh, these are two teams that play each other relatively well you know each and every game uh, how do you think it's going to pan out for these two guys you know it's uh for me if i look at um at the season series last year obviously a lot more games and so uh more tape more tendencies um to uh to look at but you know it, it always for me strikes me uh, going up against the avalanche as not only do you have to try to contend with that top line which is just absurd you uh you also have to try to contend with that second line the third line you know the depth like like we talked about in uh, at the beginning with um the losses that the avalanche have had this year the depth for them has been what set them apart because you're throwing so much attention at uh, at the top line for the avs so much attention there that they are capable of beating you with lines two and three because you're having you're trying to match up as much as you can to slow them down and then those guys take over and after that it is just it's just like trying to uh, to outrun Usain Bolt and so my hope this year 
is that uh, with some of that uh, that depth departure that you talked about, uh, that for the Wild they can deploy that uh, that top line of Jewel Eriksonak, Marcus Foligno, and Jordan Greenway. If that's how they draw it up, really try to be physical with uh, with the likes of uh, of McKinnon and Rantanen, and try to just really slow those guys down and body those guys, and then it becomes more of a fair fight the rest of the lineup down. So I'm hoping that that will help even things out a little bit. But uh, at the same time, um, very good defensively to where they will be able to uh, to key in on Kirill Kaprizov like teams did down the stretch, like the Vegas Golden Knights did in the playoffs. And so th- this is going to be a very even matchup, as it should be. And uh, it's, it's really not going to su- surprise me if we see 2-2 maybe 3-1 uh, if uh, if one of these teams runs into the other after some injuries. But I, I expect to see nothing more than what we've seen, just some really, really exciting hockey games and some grueling physical matchups between these two teams. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I think this is, uh, you know, this sets up perfectly for uh, home ice advantage and and, you know, having the last change and everything like that. So, yeah, I think when when uh, Minnesota is able to li- put their best line up against you know the Avalanche top line, um, th- obviously they'll have a better chance. So if, if that you know if Bednar you know and he's not afraid to to shift lines around or, or if something's not working, he'll change things on the fly. So it's a little bit easier to do that at home. So I, I agree with you. I think you're going to see uh, you know a split. Um, and, and I, I would venture to guess it's going to be the two wins for the avalanche are at home and the two wins for Minnesota's at home. Um, but you know, you, you never, what was the relationship like with Kemper and, and the wild? Was it, was it an unceremonious, uh, you know? Yeah, exit? I, um, I'm not super familiar with the events that led to his departure, but I know he's not a huge fan of them now. And, okay. uh, that led to, that led to some pretty good chirping from his uh, his days in Arizona when he would return to Minnesota or we would go there. And mm-hmm. so he's not going to have any problem being uh, being another part of this rivalry um, with the Avs now. And uh, yeah. I'm, I'm sure he'll just continue to approach it as he has by uh, just just making sure that uh, that if his if his team is up, that he uh, that he lets the wild know and, you know, taking it from there. Yeah. Well, like, like we're saying with with Suter, you know, when when he goes up against him, it's a little bit extra. And and if that's the way it ended for for Kemper, like now that he's playing with, uh, you know, a Stanley Cup contender, uh, maybe he ekes out another one. So uh, I don't think we're going to see a, a season sweep uh, by any stretch of the imagination here between these two. Um, so three to one at the 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 least. I'm thinking two two split here. Yeah, and I th- I think you end up seeing like there were in the uh, the season series last year there were definitely some blowout games. Um, I know the Avs had a six nothing shutout. The Wild had a win uh, eight to three. I think when you play teams enough, those kinds of things tend to happen um, more frequently than when you play a team four times during the course of the entire season. So the game should be a little more even. Um, and so I, I don't think we'll have, I would say maybe one of the games gets out of hand either way, but I, I think they'll still be pretty even throughout all four. I agree. 
Definitely agree. Uh, but like we're saying, without a doubt, it's going to be entertaining. So, yes. Um, and every time we do another show, it's that much closer to a <laughs> opening night puck drop. So, uh, I love it. Um, all right, man. Well, let's uh, do this again. Maybe halfway through the season during yeah. that 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 nice Olympic break, we'll kind of check in and see how things are going. Would love to do that. All right, guys. Well, uh, that's going to be it for today in this crossover edition of the Locked On Avalanche and Locked On Wild podcast. Once again, uh, I am Chris Maselli with Locked On Avalanche, and you can find our show over at uh, LOPN underscore Avalanche on Twitter and Locked On Avalanche on Instagram. And Seth, throw yours out there one more time as well. Make sure to keep an eye on Locked On Wild. It's uh, it's as easy as that. So make sure to give us a follow <laughs> there, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, we are very active on all three. And then you can follow me as well at Seth, T-O-U-P-S. If there's something that happens in the state of Minnesota, we have got you covered through Lockdown and myself. And so uh, make sure to give us a follow and uh, check it out. By the way, love the outdoor jerseys. Yeah. I'm a big fan of those. I We're, love them. We, there have been plenty of takes about those. My personal opinion slightly busy but i still i still like the look um i, I don't know I, there are know, people just railing on them and i'm like but because it doesn't fit into the mold of what they think an nhl jersey should be yeah. it doesn't so i like that i like when teams go outside of the mold do i, I often say like you know the ugly sweaters are the ones that i like the most like the avalanche one that they did uh outdoors at the uh air force that thing is disgusting, but it, <laughs> that makes it beautiful. So, uh, and I don't think that the Minnesota one is ugly. I genuinely think it's a really cool design. It's different. Uh, it's a little bit old school and it just doesn't fit in with what today's hockey jerseys are like. So people are kind of panning them, but uh, don't listen to them. No, don't listen to those mistakes. I'm a fan. <laughs> I won't get one, but I'm, I'm a fan. <laughs> I, I may get one. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. All right. All right, everybody. So uh, thanks for tuning in and uh, we'll catch you down the road.